from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, well, well. Good morning, everyone. That background don't seem right there. Uh, you know, it's 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 this one that we need. Good morning. Welcome to this morning's show. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. Twitter is now X, by the way. I keep forgetting to say that. But it's Thursday, September 14th, 2023, live with all of y'all this morning. Good morning, everyone tuning in from all over the world to our global audience. Thank you all for being here. Please make sure to subscribe, share, comment. Let us know what coffee you're drinking this morning as we get ready for our coffee cup. Cheers. And we've got a packed show today. Not only that, it's the last show of the year I do. What do you mean? Well, tomorrow, for those who don't know, is uh, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. And so... Very exciting times. Rosh Hashanah, you know, we all, we, we, a custom is to wish everyone a, a very good and sweet Rosh Hashanah. Uh, we eat a lot of sweet stuff on Rosh Hashanah, a lot of sweet stuff on Rosh Hashanah. Like, it's great. So, really looking forward to Rosh Hashanah tomorrow. And with that being said, join me for a coffee cup cheers. Um, and, uh, and to, to our audience and our Jewish audience and our audience in Israel that tunes in, Chag Samech V'Shanat Tovah. This is also much sweeter, but I made it extra sweet this morning for Rosh Hashanah. It's supposed to be sweet to have a sweet new year. So good morning, everyone commenting in the notes. Let's go ahead and get into our first and big story, the MGM ransomware attack. The reason I say that is because really significantly, there's a lot of information going out there. And I just want to kind of provide some context to all of your practitioners. I have people I know who work on the MGM cyber side. I've been given some information, which I'll share some of it because some of it is public. Other parts of it, I can tell you, uh, I, I won't do so at this time. However, the team at MGM hasn't slept since Saturday. Just keep that in mind. These This attack came to light on Saturday the 10th, and these dedicated men and women who work for MGM Cyber have been on call working their tails off to bring back their business. That's number one. Number two, there's an 8K filing that's going to be coming from MGM that'll have a lot more information regarding the cyber attack itself. That filing is expected to be done tomorrow. Given that tomorrow's Rosh Hashanah, I won't be doing any special broadcast, but I will on Sunday um, once the holiday's over. And I'll post that either uh, on our Substack, most likely our Substack, as an exclusive uh, member-only type of access looking at their 8K filing and also some of the stuff we've seen on the dark web. There's the the vector of attack here was social engineering with help desk. Um, that appears to be confirmed. Uh, several of people that I've spoken with have also confirmed that to be the path of attack for this specific ransomware attack. So knowing that, Here's a few tips. One, all of your help desk tickets should be coming via, via, via like a service now type of portal. And this idea that these large companies with 100,000 employees still have a help desk phone number that people can call and authenticate through very easily and then create this type of chaos that leads to these types of attacks, especially given AI and deepfakes nowadays, 
we, we ought to be adjusting our IT help desk approach. I personally am a firm believer in don't call IT. IT will call you. And IT was only going to call the phone number that we have on record within your employee database, meaning now you've had to make the threat actors actually do a SIM swap attack in order to, mitig- in order to be able to, to, to ghost the number because they can ghost any employee's phone number calling the help desk and the help desk would be not as smart. Now, there are programs and softwares out there that do identify these numbers and do identify ghosted numbers, right? You see that on your cell phones. A lot of times you'll get a call. It'll say potential spam, but those aren't reliable. There's a, there's a need for us as practitioners to rethink the process of how we do this. MGM isn't the first victim of this. Uh, Okta has been, many companies have fallen victim to the fact that we were trying to create an IT help desk where People are calling into the help desk to get help rather than opening a ticket and having a call come out. Yes, it adds a layer of, of, of work and it could delay someone getting support by five to 10 minutes, but it's a much safer way. There's rumors that MGM paid $30 million um, for this uh, to, to end the ransomware attack. That ransomware attack was, was, led obviously by Alpha V uh, ransomware affiliates, uh, UNC 39 or 44. Um, so this attack itself is, 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 is extremely uh, uh, important for us to, to, to kind of understand. There's been impact to operations in their casinos. And once the 8K uh, is released, like I said, we'll do a special episode on that as well. Uh, Moody said the incident could have a negative impact on MGM's credit rating. And again, these are all the things that we as practitioners have to take a look at. The, the risk of these is significant. By the way, this is the second time this happens. Bet MGM suffered a data breach last year um, as well. So for, for all, all things, you, you know, I'll never shame a victim on here. Uh, MGM has worked tirelessly. I know the team there is exhausted. They're frustrated. They're beaten down. And. Um, if you have friends there, if, if, if you know people there, just send them a note of encouragement. They could definitely use that this week after everything going on. For all of you that are in Kubernetes, I want to talk a little bit about this latest research around Windows Endpoint with a vulnerable Kubernetes cluster that are open to a command injection attack. This research is coming out with a great importance by Akamai to get administrators to patch these up and fix this. This is CVE 2023. 3676. It was reported last July. And according to the Akamai report, subsequent analysis found that once a cyber attack exploited the Windows nodes flaw, they could pivot to take advantage of additional command injection bugs, track the CVE 2023, 389-3, and 3955. Both follow-on flaws share the same cause, according to researchers, which is insecure function call and lack of user input sanitization. In order to exploit these Kubernetes vulnerabilities, Cyber attackers would need to just inject a malicious uh, YAML um, file into the cluster, according to the report. Now, there is a patch for this. There is a workaround. Both are available in the Akamai report. If you're an admin of Kubernetes clusters, which so many people are nowadays, so many people are in Kubernetes. If you have these vulnerable endpoints, you want to make sure to get them patched. They're only on Windows, by the way, so they're not on Linux, just to kind of keep that in mind. Airbus is launching an investigation after a 
criminal leaked information allegedly stolen from the French aerospace giant. Uh, Hudson Rock reported on Tuesday that an attacker, a criminal who uses an online moniker of US DOD, claimed this month on a cybercrime forum that they had been able to breach Airbus systems. The same attacker previously claimed to have uh, taken advantage of FBI's InfraGuard database uh, in a very famous breach several years ago. The attacker recently announced joining an emerging ransomware group, apparently obtained the PII of 3,200 people associated with Airbus vendors, including Rockwell, Collins, and Thales. The compromised data includes names, job titles, addresses, email addresses, and phone numbers. They've said they gained access to Airbus systems using a compromised account belonging to an employee at Turkish Airlines. Airbus confirmed to Hudson Rock that this was indeed an attack vector. Information stealing malware collects vast amounts of credentials from infected computers, and the malware operators then sell those to each other. That's kind of the, the name of the game here. Some people specialize in getting that. Others specialize in doing the breach. Airbus said that they've launched an investigation, and the account was used to download business documents dedicated to this customer from an Airbus web portal, meaning specifically Turkish Airlines, which are likely going to be the next headline. Not today, but probably within the next few weeks once they give us a little bit more information. Rollbar for their end, which is a software bug tracking company, have also disclosed a data breach this week after an unknown attacker hacked their systems in early August, gained access to customer access tokens. And again, that's critical customer access tokens allow for uh, immediate authentication, which meaning they can do a man in the middle attack there pretty easily or a software in the middle attack as well. Rollbar said in a data breach notification served by Troy Hunt, the founder and creator of Have I Been Pawned, that they became aware to disable the service account and began analyzing what actions had been taken. The party first tried to launch a compute resource. After that failed for a lack of permissions, they accessed the data warehouse, ran searches that suggested they were interested in Bitcoin wallets and other cloud credentials. Again, they're trying to monetize these. A lot of these attacks that you see in these data breaches are financial in nature. And so that's something to keep in mind, by the way, when you're investigating and looking at these is do you have anything like that within your environment or is, are you all of a sudden doing any of that as well? Attackers used the 3 a.m. ransomware to save a fail lock bit attack. The new ransomware strand called 3 a.m. has been uncovered after a threat actor used it as an attack that failed to deploy the LockBit ransomware on a target network. Researchers say in a report today that the new malware has only been used in limited fashion. It was a ransomware affiliate fallback when defense mechanisms blocked LockBit. This is a rare occurrence, according to the Semantic Threat Hunter team. They say that these types of attacks are extremely rare to switch to it because they couldn't deploy LockBit. And the reason they don't want to switch to it, by the way, from an attack perspective, is they don't really want to release a next-gen malware and ransomware unless they're ready to really fully deploy it because now it can be studied. Now that signature could be analyzed and used by other mdr and edr and xdr services or antivirus in order to recognize what it is and 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 block it even before it launches so these ransomware operators operate a lot of different malware strains to try to keep them as a surprise and then they launch it in one massive attack right so they'll get 50 60 100 200 companies that they can uh um, ransomware in a period of a week or two and they just hit them all simultaneously that makes it uh far more likely that they would get paid so that's other thing to pay attention to. CISA for their end released their open source software ecosystem and OSS uh, uh, document detailing the plan to support this. The document itself is eight pages long, so it's not a very big read, but it's definitely worthwhile. You can kind of see the national strategy by CISA around open source software security roadmap and worthy of a read. The link is in the show notes. Go check that out. 
Federal mandates are coming on medical device cybersecurity as in October, the FDA will start rejecting medical devices that lack a secure design or, or a post-market cybersecurity plan. So for those in the medical field, apparently uh, a cyber product manager is going to be coming there if they hasn't had one yet. Medical device makers have had to comply with new cybersecurity regulations coming from the FDA aimed at hardening metal, medical devices against cyber attacks, but they've live um, the FDA has largely refrained from using refuse to accept up until October 1st. So in just a few short weeks, this will be the case. They'll also need to provide a SBOM and have a process for a secure design and development of the devices to the FDA when they submit it for approval. The agency's focus on medical device cyber stems from a congressional passage of the omnibus appropriation in December of 2022 that includes a section ensuring cybersecurity of medical devices and that's why you don't do omnibus bills. This could have been a really simple bill that could have been seven pages long. But no, let's put it as part of something else and tack it on to a whole bunch of other stuff. NSO Pegasus back in the headline as Galina Timonchenko, a prominent Russian journalist and critic of the Russian government, was apparently compromised with Pegasus spyware, according to Citizens Lab and Access. Now, the infiltration is set to happen around February of this year. Timonchenko is the executive editor and owner of the Medusa, an independent news publication based in Latvia that's criticizing the Russian government. During the infection, her device was localized to GMT plus one time zone, and she reported being in Berlin, Germany, when this infection did happen. For uh, all sake, uh, speaking to someone at NSO, I can tell you uh, the Russians are not uh, customers of NSO. So who did this and how they did is something very uh, interesting. Nonetheless, that really doesn't uh, mean anything for NSO there. So offensive security tools, and that's the company they have, and someone misused it to target some journalist somewhere who's critical of a government, potentially to either score points or otherwise. Um, I love how they make this like, oh, my God, they're using spyware. Yes, they're using spyware. That's what they do. Um, yesterday's CoinX um, crypto scam, which we thought was $31 million, is now $53 million, and it's being attributed to the North Koreans. That's kind of a follow-up to that story. CoinX said they started rebuilding and redeploying the wallet system and the deposit and withdrawal systems will resume incrementally to their operation after this $53 million heist from the North Koreans, where, geopolitically speaking, y'all, Kim Jong-un is currently meeting with President Putin in Russia in a very, very weird, uh, like, not a weird trip, but but like Kim Jong-un typically doesn't leave North Korea. And so we'll see what happens there. So there's that. That's it for our program this morning, y'all. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more. Everyone celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Chag Sameach, Rosh Hashanah Tova, Shana Tova, Lashana Tova. May we all have a sweet new Jewish year, new year. And uh, to everyone else, have a great weekend. Thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe. Follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Until Monday, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.